What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 66. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Long Island Rattlesnake. Call Moriarty. We don't have rattlesnakes on Long Island. You never know when you're going to strike, though. You lost a lot of gardener sense. snakes. Gardener snakes? Yeah. They're, they're, they're not scary, though. No. They're just snakes. They're just no, there. They're just little pieces of shit, really. Yeah. Well, are there a lot of them? Yeah. I feel like, you know, a lot snakes, of poison ivy, a lot of gardener snakes. I didn't see a lot of snakes in the burbs of Chicago. You know what I mean? And like out in the forest preserves. I'm sure they were there. I just mm. didn't see them. Like, you know, yeah, a lot, so I'd see them every a lot so of often. toads. Toads? You know, know toads? Any toads. Yeah. Little toads? I know them, but I don't know that I really ever encountered any. Sure. A lot of wasps, a lot of mm, no, they're everywhere, yeah. poison ivy, a sure. lot of lilacs, sure. lily of the valley. Okay. okay. Uh, you got the weeping willow tree? No weeping willows, no. Really? Mm, a lot of cedar trees, a lot of pine oh, trees. Okay. I like a good weeping willow tree. I feel like I don't see them enough. We need to bring those back. But don't cry. It's okay. My eye hurts. Don't worry. What happened to your eye? Oh. I thought that you went to the doctor and they said your eyes were okay. Yeah, they did. But they're still hurting. They're just lying to me. <laughs> Listen, we don't know what the fuck it is back there. Just leave him alone. Just let him get out. Get him out of here. He's going to be fine. Hi, everybody. This is going to be a special episode of PSI Love You XOXO because it was recorded like a week ago. Uh, if you didn't know, kindoffunny.com is taking the final two weeks of December off, which means no Colin and Reg Live, but we want to make sure that you get all the podcasts you deserve. So you get your PSI Love Yous, you get your gogs, you get your kind of funny games cast. It's just that they're banked. So the show has to be different, of course. Like, it's going to be a little truncated. Probably, exactly. So. Well, I mean, we can't do like this. the Roper's report. Who knows? I assume Shuhei got voted in by the Electoral College. And now he's the president of the United mm-hmm. States. Seems unconstitutional. It, wait, well, there's a lot of things that seem unconstitutional that keep happening, though. Yeah. This would be the good one. This would be a good mm-hmm. one. Upcoming list of software. Who the fuck knows? Couldn't tell you. I bet it's a bunch of stuff you haven't really heard of because it's the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And they're limping out and got some indie stuff coming out. I'm right. sure that kind of crap. You know what I mean? But if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is PSI Love You XOXO. It is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. So please go to kindoffunny.com, subscribe to the YouTube channels, back the other podcasts, watch the content, listen to it, talk to your friends about it, let them know you care about it because it keeps the mics on. Remember, PSI Love You XOXO is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. It posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, even when we're not working. Um, this meant that at, on a Tuesday, I'm in Canada. If I, if my plane didn't go down, I'm in Canada and I had to remember do the time difference, add three hours, then publish the SoundCloud link because I can't automate. Where are you the SoundCloud find link. internet in Canada? Poutine shops. Poutine shops will have it. I think. I think I'll be okay there. Colin. Hmm. Hmm. It's we're gonna jump right to the topic of the show. Okay. It's one we were kicking around. We had mentioned this, I think, during our PSX stuff. Like, where is this all going to fit? Then it became a, a thing on Reddit. People were kicking around a graphic that was getting kicked around. And then we had a question here that is all tied up in it. Basically, we're going to talk about PlayStation 4, the exclusives that we know that are coming. Where are they going to fall in a timeline? But I'll let biocock infinite biocock and give you a bit of a rundown here he says hey colin and greg you Mm. guys often talk about managing the playstation portfolio now that we have an idea of what most of the sony first party studios are doing and some second parties i would like you two to manage sony's portfolio for them now his question goes into what would you guys do we're not i don't want to do that we're going to do what we think is going to happen Mm. this is like a predictions episode right and so the games he's listed out here and correct me if i'm missing any here colin he has Horizon Zero Dawn, Gran Turismo Sport, Days Gone, Detroit Become Human, Death Stranding, God of War, Spider-Man, Dreams, The Last of Us Part 2, and then the unannounced Sucker Punch game. That's a pretty robust list. Yeah, that's it good. It sounds like he nailed it. Mm-hmm. I'm not floating anything out there. I don't think Persona's going to well, People move. are going to be upset that Gravity Rush 2 is not on it. Or we get it. Yeah, the, but we're talking uh, about the big AAA right, stuff. exactly. 
we can keep talking about Gravity Rush Two like it's a AAA game if you want. It's gonna be a good. Game, uh, right? Yeah. So I think that is a pretty robust and a pretty complete list of everything coming from first party studios and uh, with the with Spider Man and Detroit second parties mm-hmm, as well, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. treated like first party games. So how do you want to start it? Where do you want to go? Do you want to lead off? What, what what's your first game on your timeline here? Horizon. Okay. Does it move? No. Still February twenty eighth. Yes. Okay. 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 That's what I, I have. Horizon there too. Locked in. February 28th, 2017. Now it's going to be really embarrassing if in the two weeks this is po- don't, they finally put up a thing and they d- d- delay it. I'd get really mad. Well, Shuey did make me a little nervous. I know, right? Was- he wasn't uh, during the PSX panel. He was not dodgy, but he didn't say like, ah, little, no, it's little, for sure. Dodgy. He's a little dodgy. Uh, yeah, he wasn't. He, he didn't have a, a, a robust enough answer for me, uh, which made me question if Horizon will make it. But I think it will. Okay. I think it will make it. Okay. What do you see next then? Gran Turismo. Um, I'm going to say May 2017 Okay, for Gran Turismo. I've put Gran Turismo Sport next as well, but I'm saying fall 2017. Mm. I don't think they get We're it up. We're deviate a lot, I think, here. Well, that's going to be exciting and interesting, and I want to hear the backups. I mean, for me with GT, right, it was the fact that the beta was supposed to be out this year and they didn't even do that. Now they said they, they didn't do the beta and cancel the beta, right? To give themselves more time to get the game done, not have to worry about making a beta. I get that. But then it's also just like, okay, we've missed this window. I, mean, I was looking back, right? You figure uh, GTA uh, five, six, and then even the um, prologue one, right? We're all fall releases, November, or December, like they, that they still treat Gran Turismo like it is this end all be all triple A mm-hmm. exclusive, which I think you'd want at the holidays. And that's why I'm saying fall. Not to mention, I think, honestly, like, and this is the weird thing of laying out this list and thinking about it and talking about it, is the fact that I think it could easily slip to 18. I, 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 Gran Turismo, don't get me wrong, I know they're great games for racing fans and stuff like that, but being at IGN, watching Chris Roper get his heart broken over and over and over again, at no point do I ever believe in a Gran Turismo release date. This could easily slip into 2018 and we'd never know. Well, the reason I think that it may 2017 is a, is a good bet is because uh, they it was supposed to come out this year and they delayed it. So I think a six month delay or so is probably pretty reasonable. Um, I also think that they're starting to realize a polyphony and at Sony like uh, alike is that Gran Turismo is no longer the big dog in that and in, in sim racing. And so I um, I think that they have to get it out. They have to do it right. But I don't there's just not this. Uh, they're not going to sell 15 million copies of this game. So it's. You know, I, I think you got to get it out and uh, and hope for the best. Uh, this gives them enough buffer between this game and Drive Club, and um, you know, w- with with you know Forza and Project Cars and all these other games that people like, Gran Turismo just doesn't carry it the same weight anymore. And so mm-hmm. I don't think you have to give it so much time, in my opinion. I hear. You. I think it's still going to move units, not as much as it has in the past, but I think that it needs time. As always, they're always up to something over there. Put the fucking game out. Finish it hit a deadline but that's not there that's not their MO. no that's not what they do <laughs> what's next for you days gone uh november okay. 2017 mm. um, i think that's going to be the big fall game and uh the reason i think that it, uh, multiple reasons one uh the game's been in development for a really long time um it's you know ben had a lot of false starts uh following 2011's uh japanese release of uncharted uh golden abyss and they haven't released a game since then um, if you go, uh, if they release the game November 2017, it would have been six years since Ben released the game, and that's enough. Um, even though I know that they, it hasn't been in development, it, it hasn't the been straight time. that entire time. Yeah. Um, they're using, uh, which I think is really interesting, uh, Unreal Engine, 
Um, it's not a proprietary engine, so they can get some support for it. It should be running fine and doing what they want it to do. And I don't know that Days Gone is necessarily going to be... Um, I think it's going to be AAA by definition. I don't know that it's going to be like amazing mind-blowing yeah and but i think that you have to get it out i think that if you start stacking these games into 2018 then you're gonna have a problem because this is when a lot of these games are going to come out and Mm -hmm. so um i think days gone is the holiday game and i think you could probably i think it can go days gone or detroit um for that slot but i'm gonna go with days gone and put detroit uh, in 2018 so that's that's where i sit for that see so i have horizon february gt sport fall of 2017 and then i have god of war spring 2018 hmm. i think that's a good place to fit it i think horizon's going to do well with that slot i think that you see mass effect targeting that like right now that's what they want to do in 2017 i think that's a good place for that game and not that god of war doesn't matter anymore but i think that god of war needs to get its its gusto back right it needs to get its groove back on and i don't think you can push it to the fall i think they want to get out i think they want to punch people in the face and i think they want to do it at a time where we always talk about uh dying light coming out and succeeding so much right and the fact that it's a new place for a triple a game to come out breathe and excel and it's another one too that like what you're talking about with days gone that it's been gestating a while this god of war game people have been working on it you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's out there it's doing its thing but again this is what i mentioned on last week's uh ps i love you xoxo is that i think in my mind as i lay this out right 2017 kind of looks crappy that sucks, but I think I think as we, we have to all be very honest with how far out some of these games are. But two, you know, Horizon and GT are my 2017 games, and then I go to God of War in the spring of 2018. Yeah, I think uh, so. I I would put. Uh, I'm not even getting to God of War yet. I, I Detroit's next for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Detroit's February 2018. Yeah, um, seems like a good place to release it. Uh, I'm gonna write that here, February 2018 put detroit okay i see what you're doing i see how you're writing the words you're uh, using so language. uh i think that days gone in detroit can be trans like can be um you know moved around a little bit yeah but that's my theory uh is that detroit would be next okay um other you know uh, beyond two souls uh october 2013 so this would have given them um four plus years to make this game and i think that that's plenty of time again um especially because it comes from something that was already you know uh, gestating before uh, Beyond even came out, so which was the Cara demo. Cara demo yeah. So I think that they're ready to go. The game was in. I mean, who knows what the state of the game as a whole is in? But they were really seem to be very far along actually when we saw it, and uh, they're moving quick. I think so. I, I I think that you know giving them another year and change to release the game, I think is plenty of time. Uh, I don't agree, and I'll get to it here in a second. Uh, what I have so spring 2018 got a war summer 2018 i put days gone there i think it's uh i think i think out of all the games we have on this lineup that's the one that i worry the most about sony just crapping out be like all right cool whatever we don't want to put too much behind it we don't want to put too much muscle behind it it's cool don't get me wrong we like what you're working with ben but we gotta start worrying about last of us too and we don't want people only thinking we're putting out zombie games or tweaker games or freaker games whatever you want to call it i know they're not exactly the same different pacing it's gonna be running gun shotgun and all this stuff but i think it's a game that all the other ones overshadow at the moment. And I think that I don't know. That's the interpretation I get from Sony in general, just the way they talk about their other games too. That Days Gone isn't like the redhead stepchild, but it's just not one that anybody at this moment believes enough into to really give it a prime placement. I think summer release would be fine. Get it out there before, you know, after, if, if God of War actually happened, get it out after God of War has died off. And then for, I'm, I talked about this last week on the show, fall 2018, I'm thinking Last of Us Part 2. I think Pedal to the Metal. I know that's a crazy turnaround time and everything else, but I think, 
they want to get that out. And I think that even saying that, that it would be for sure days gone is just getting dumped on the side of the road. Well, if you're right about about The Last of Us 2's release date, which I don't think you are, but if you but I hope you are, that'd be awesome. But if you're right, uh, then Days Gone has to come out in 2017. Like you can't release those games close to each other. Um, See, I think they. I'm, I, I'm with you. Like, don't get me wrong. Logically, you can't, but I think Sony's just going to want to pull the trigger and get that out. And I think, I think what I'm, the vibe I get from it is just the fact that I don't know what they're expecting about it, right? Like, they're not stupid either. They've stepped back and what all of the E3 coverage on all of these games, right? Days Gone was always like, oh yeah, and Days Gone's there too. It wasn't talking talking about God of War and talking about this and talk you know I mean talking about Spider Man and talking there's so many big ticket items that I think that Days Gone is going to become collateral damage where it's something they just want to get out and get done with. But that could be a reflection on the feedback they're getting about it, not so much the state of the game. You know? Oh no no again, I believe in Bend. I think I this is a game that speaks to me that I'm super super excited for. First off, Sam Witwer, of course, love him. But I mean, on top of that, I love Bend games. I love zombies. I love open worlds. Like I'm. Don't, this is not me saying Days Gone is going to be a piece of shit game. No, I'm super excited terrible. for it. You like you hate it. That's no, it, but it, I think it's good. It. I think it's going to be like a Watch Dogs thing. Um, Watch Dogs Two, where people will be like, "Oh, cool. I don't care." This is where I think we get a we 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 differ more. Uh, so for February 2018, I have Detroit, and then summer 2018, I have Spider Man. Oh, um, wow. I think that that's a perfect summer game um, to release and gain lots of kids out of school seeing commercials for it on Nickelodeon and you know, Disney Channel, whatever, like getting a lot of uh, hype with younger audiences in addition to the grown man child audience mm. um, like us that uh, will be excited about it as well. So I say uh, summer uh, 2018 is Spider-Man. And then I say uh, fall of 2018 is going to be uh, God of War. Mm-hmm. The big thing here that uh, that I want to point out, too, is that in this in, in this year, Dreams comes out. Now, I don't... Does it? So this is the thing you and I were talking about, actually. I don't know where we were talking about. I think it's by ourselves. I'm not super convinced Dreams is ever going to come out. And so uh, I don't know if that's just maybe a little hyperbolic and just watching this. This game has been developing in some state for a very long time. Very long time. You have to remember that that, uh, Media Molecule has not put out a game from its big team, from a big team, since 2011. And... Uh, it was a little big planet too. And that was the last time we had ever heard from them. Right. Or maybe it was even 2010. Like it, it was, it, it was, it was a long time ago. No, it was, Terri- yeah, summer, it was winter of 2010. You're right. Cause I was playing uh, dead space two, And it was at IG in that one year. So it's been a very long time. Tearaway came out. It was a dud in terms of commercial success, both on Vita and on PS4. And that was done by a small team led by Rex Crowley and a few other guys. So that's not what everyone there has been working on. They've been working on this. And if you remember correctly from PlayStation 4's reveal in 2013, February 2013, they showed it. It was one of the games that was shown off. This the, game the is... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. I think this game's in significant trouble. And and I, I think that that's obvious. Um, I think that they're having a hard time making a game. And uh, so I think that if dreams is going to come out, it will come out in 2018. And what I'm wondering is if a, it's going to just be free. If B, it's just going to be creation tools. And if C, it just doesn't come out. Um, The silence on it is weird. The silence is deafening. Um, The way that they talked about it when we had them on the GDC stream almost a year ago uh, from Patreon's office, uh, they showed us the game. They talked about how the tools are done. Now they're ramping up and making the game, but they've been silent. As you bring up before, there was supposed to be an alpha this year. Um, there's been no word, no talk, not nothing. So I, I just think that this particular game is just, 
in some state of trouble. And if it comes out, I just think it's going to be a fucking massive. See, dud. I really do. Like, I think it's just going to bomb jumming around with you. I have it as summer 2019. And wow, it's that far. It's this I, eight years, yeah. nine years. I mean, don't act like that's impossible. You know what I mean? Like, let's not. We're in the world of Last Guardian and fucking Final Fantasy right now. I think that, it, and this is if it comes out. But I think it's another one they're gonna dump in the summer. That here we go. This doesn't fit in anywhere. It's not gonna sell much or do the, what we need it to do. So let's just see. It's how gonna they, bomb. Yeah. Like, like it, I, I hate that. I love those guys. I think that this was a. I think that this is so clearly is so obtuse. Um that especially with like when you compare it to the rest just all the other games in the catalog it's certainly different but it's not recognizable as a game like little big planet was right um little big planet was a game first they were they're so obsessed with creation tools like i just i just don't get i don't get what they're doing i don't understand what they're doing and, and i and i think it's clear that they don't get what they're doing either um or we would have heard more about it at this point i think they're in but this this flies in the face of the fact that i think that they opened a new media molecule office so mm. like a second one yeah so i maybe they're just moving on to another game maybe they're going to silently cancel this game maybe they're going to integrate it into another project or maybe See, they're I, just going to get it out that's my thing and that's what i'm saying with the summer 2019 it strikes me as a tomorrow children's situation where it's just it's gonna, we're going to keep talking about this game for years and then just one day it's just going to be dumped there here's where it is no fanfare nothing it's it's going to show up on a few more e3 show floors with no more presentations anywhere no more psx brouhaha just here you play it there like oh fuck there's one demo station running dreams and it's new content but we don't know what it is and like okay and then it's just gonna be out one day and some people play it and be like oh okay but it's not gonna have anything behind it it doesn't feel like so to catch up i'm saying february 2017 horizon fall 2017 gt sport spring 2018 god of war summer 2018 days gone fall 2018 last of us part two i think uh, again i think that's sony's gonna want that one as fast as possible i think they're gonna want it to do it right obviously um these are where this is the thing too where i wouldn't be surprised if they targeted fall 2018 and actually fell out of that window just by delays or whatever but i'm sticking with that in terms of how i shake it out then i have spring 2019 uh, detroit is where detroit is wow and it's the same thing though quantic just not fast quantic you know i mean like I, we covered a lot of heavy rain getting ready for heavy rain it felt like and going into all these different things heavy rain was 2009 yes and then beyond was 2013 Wait, was you were on the guys team yeah we were yeah. in the old office when it came out i think so i think it's 2009 and then i think so four years to uh beyond and then four years from there brings you to next year yeah I th- but I think the th- fact of the matter is that I bet for Quantic and David Cage in particular, like the reception of Beyond Hurt, and I think they want to return to form, and so they're not going to settle for anything less than perfection here in what they see. And so I think that's the fact of we've you know seen these two characters now. We've seen really one giant gameplay slice of it. There's so much more going on, and you figured to get it up to E3 to po- have that vertical slide, slice polished, they were going to want to hit that for every one of the encounters, and I think that's just going to keep going, and I think it's going to be a long gestating period to get you to where that game actually comes out. And I don't think it's one, sadly, that I think, you know, if they ran uh, Beyond Two Souls uh, as a fall release, as a big AAA release, and I think part of that was Ellen Page being attached to the project, part of it was the fact that, okay, cool, it is it is Quantic Dream, it is David Cage, and I think they, since they've lost something there, they've lost a bit of a step, there was a stumble, they have to reassess that situation. I think it's another one where spring makes sense for that kind of game. Mm. It's this game that's not, you know, it's it's where Heavy Rain was, too, where you remember I remember skipping the Super Bowl to play Heavy Rain that year. Like, we're to that point where, all right, cool, here's this heady, interesting game that's going to do really well at the PlayStation audience, but not necessarily everyone in the mainstream. 
one of the great games on PS3 mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, so 2019, the way I see it stacking, we don't know anything about Sucker Punch's game. W- what we do know about it is that at E3 in 2015, Shuhei told us that he had played and uh, played it. He had played so- uh, right yeah, something yeah. that they were doing. Um, so I think 2019 early Sucker Punch's game, I, I would put again, not knowing the nature of it, not knowing uh, how long it's been in development when they settled on something after Infamous, because you have to remember that. Um, Infamous was out in 2014, early 2014, then the DLC. So you have to assume by fall 2014, they probably entered production on whatever they're working on now. So that would give it five years. And I think that that's probably generous. I wouldn't be, this is one of them where I wouldn't be super surprised if this even came out next year. Like I, mm-hmm. like I, I, I don't, um, I don't know, but I'm going to say 2019, early 2019, um, is a uh, sucker punch. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to say, uh, summer of 2019 is uh the last of us uh similar placement to um the original when they released the last of us in 2013 and then uh fall 2019 um is going to be death stranding now here's where things get interesting i think it's possible that death stranding is a ps5 game ultimately um and that it takes so long to develop that uh it just comes out on the next console um, you don't think they'd got a war to it and let it be like the final it's possible uh i don't i don't know that that's really smart um considering uh they might need it you know they didn't really need well they needed god of war 2 but they didn't know that they would need it by the time they needed it if yeah. that makes any sense um death stranding i think is i think 2020 is even possible for death stranding um that's what i have it as so i think but i think that if it's 2020 it's not coming out on ps4 like and if it's 2019 it probably won't come out on ps4 either so or it'll be like some sort of which they don't do. They're not like Nintendo, but some sort of cross pla- or cross generation kind of thing. I think this game is going to take so fucking long that uh, you're not talking about PS4 after a while anymore. And that sure. um, the game will eventually migrate. So, th- I mean, that's kind of where I sit with with the, this particular schedule. And I think it's a strong schedule, you know? Yeah. And this and this doesn't include, by the way, um, things we don't know about from studios. We don't know. Like, so what if Sony London makes the getaway? What if? What if so, like all the PSVR games that are percolating, Gorilla Cambridge, uh, Killzone coming back out? I, I I wouldn't be super shocked if we got uh, Horizon again in yeah, 2019. I wouldn't be surprised sure, if we sure. got Killzone again. Um, so there's other there's other things like I, I wouldn't be super shocked if Gorilla Cambridge was working on Killzone, um, and Horizon Two is maybe already entering pre production because um, I really do think it's going to be their next big thing. So two and a half years or whatever. If you yeah. if you if you release it February. 2017 they hit that date and then fall 2019 for the sequel i think is totally reasonable so then for me fall 2018 last of us part two spring 19 detroit summer again just to put it out to die dreams and then i'm saying fall 2019 is spider-man why so long i think that's how far out there i don't i don't think that they're really super far into that game i think that what we saw at e3 was a a great trailer a great tease it doesn't have a name which is super weird which shows me that where are you exactly with this project? Uh, the the little bit we got was mostly cinematic and maybe some gameplay of swinging through that thing, which again, I think is them saying, hey, look at what we tested. All right, cool. This is what the, the combat is going to be like. This is what web swing is going to be like in here. Um, I think out of, you know, we talk about how games and where they are and where Death Stranding actually is. I think Spider-Man's definitely further along than Death Stranding, but I don't think it's a full-fledged, here we go, we got a, a game really close to shipping. And I think it's another thing too, where if you're, 
the problem is that all these games are great, right? And we want to put them out there and you're, we're trying to play, you know, corporation here of like what would actually sell and what would move numbers. I think Spider-Man is going to have the messaging behind it that it's a Spider-Man game. It's AAA. It's from an awesome studio. We want this in the fall. We want this to move units. We want it to have like an Arkham Knight kind of fucking time slot. And we want to, we want people to understand that not only is PlayStation, not only is Insomniac, not it's Marvel as well. We're all taking this seriously as a property and it's not for kids coming out of a summer vacation it is for everyone under the sun to play this game and have this awesome spider-man experience and see the lore and the world treated with the respect and reverence it deserves for being around so long and actually be hands down the best spider-man game anyone's ever played but why couldn't it be for all ages that is quality oriented you know like well i mean it's going to release at a time that makes sense for those people well, why? I mean, because why does all the games that come out in the fall, the AAA stuff that is coming out for Christmas, that's aimed for all ages as well? I mean, I've been playing games and that as I go back to school or as I come back off Christmas break forever too. I just don't think it matters as much. Summer isn't, it, with the rare exception, I feel, doesn't see the big releases, right? It doesn't see games necessarily that you believe in. Last of Us, of course, got pushed into that time period. Batman has been pushed in that period. Wait, was that? Arkham Knight was in that period. It came out like right as E3 was happening or whatever. Yeah, it was June, I think. But then you figure like usually there's that dead gap in June and July and then it wasn't August where it starts coming. Yeah, exactly. And you see like, you know, September is when Metal Gear drops and there's all these different things fall out and you start getting back on that rhyme. And I think that's why I'm saying like the games that I'm saying that are being sent out to die are summer releases because I think that's the thing of just like give them something to play. There'll be something to play. Someone will play Days Gone there. Someone will fuck around with dreams there. We'll make some money off of it, not return the investment probably, but we'll see what happens. So fall 2019 for Spider-Man. Then I say spring 2020 for Death Stranding. And then, yeah, sometime 2020 for Sucker Punch. Because I feel like Sucker Punch, you're saying, you know, it's that uh, I it wouldn't be surprising at all that, yeah, they came out and were like, hey, guess what? And it's coming out. But like that just hasn't been Sony's model at all. I see. I feel it's going to be at E3 this year. We finally see what the game is. Sucker Punch is working on. That'll be the trailer, just like there was for God of War, just like there was for Days Gone, just like there was. And then it, you're looking at another year and a half or two years just to let it go because they have so many other things on the plate and why force out this game and as much as i love sucker punch i think it does them a disservice and playstation a disservice to say here's this new ip unless unless it turns out we were working on a spider-man game we were working on superhero x game or some other you know it's attached to something you already know could be an infamous game sure that and that, that but i don't think it is you and i don't i don't feel that. no i don't think you know so I mean? and that's the thing is if you're doing if you're launching a new ip i i don't think you can let it get come out and get congested with these things because at this point so many of them the ones they believe in are going to have legs and be going and you, like you're saying you were already thinking about the next horizon yeah I, I, the one thing that I, the, the, I think there's an outside chance it is infamous just in the sense that they did create this new lore and worked on this new engine and got the game running at a really uh pretty great in a pretty great way that the game the gameplay was not the problem no yeah no it was with uh, second son um it would be a shame to throw that all away but what i what i i anticipate something radically different for sucker punch i just i don't know i just feel it like i just feel like they're not going to make an overall game and uh they're just going to make something else and uh it's not really in their dna um between sly and then infamous but i i think that um it's possible and i think I think Sony might be smart enough to want to experiment with the way that they're releasing games and with the way they're revealing games. And so I wouldn't be super shocked. And that's what I was saying. Like I have sucker punch here written down in early 2019, but I really wouldn't be surprised if like the game's out in a year or two years or a year and a half. Like I just, 
they've just been working on it for a while. Like, I, 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 I agree, I just, but I mean, like, I'm, I mean, just think about how long we've been talking about Horizon. I feel, you know what I mean? Like, they, it, so, it, for everything PlayStation's done right with PS4, we talk about all the time is there's times lately where it feels like they might be pulling back to what old PlayStation was. And old PlayStation is. Let's get the game out in front of you a few times over an entire year, if not more. And then what we've seen so far with these other things is they have so many in the portfolio now that they show it and then they go quiet for six, seven months and then they'll put something else out and then go away. Or, you know, we're skipping things or PSX this year doesn't have the stuff you saw at E3 in it for the most part, right? Where is God of War? Where is Detroit? Well, they're not going to be ready, so we're not going to burn you out and show you that now. And I think that's what you're going to see with Sucker Punch is E3 this year. Hey, everybody, I'm Nate Fox. Here's the new game. Awesome quiet they're not at psx and then the next year we see ramping up to something so go over your list again for the for the for the the list so i have february 2017 horizon fall 2017 gt uh spring 18 god of war summer 18 days gone fall 2018 the last of us part two spring 2019 detroit summer 2019 dreams fall 2019 spidey spring 2020 death stranding sometime 2020 I have it as a summer, but I don't think that's. I think it'd be closer to fall for Sucker Punch, but I don't know. Okay, and I have February 2017 for Horizon Zero Dawn, May 2017 for Gran Turismo Sport, November 2017 for Days Gone, February 2018 for Detroit, summer 2018 for Spider Man, fall 2018 for God of War, sometime in 2018 Dreams and Summer Spect. I still am not convinced it's even going to come out. Early 2019 Sucker Punch, summer 2019 The Last of Us Part Two, fall 2019 Death Stranding. Again, I think fall 2019 is when the new console will come out, and I don't know that it's going to be running on ps4 so that's where that's that's where i i settle in and i wouldn't be surprised if both uh sucker bunch of death stranding or i wouldn't be surprised if sucker bunch lands anywhere from next fall to 2020 just not knowing anything about it and yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if Death stranding doesn't meet 2019 i'd be shocked if the last of us 2 was pushed past 20 uh, summer 2019 and i think it would be a good time to uh the last of us was a was a last hurrah for ps3 and i think that this will be the last hurrah for ps4 mm, interesting interesting yeah yeah um, so that is uh, those are the lists. Yeah, we'll check they're back. Both, they're in, both tantalizing. I'll tell you. We'll check back in three years. See how we did. Someone remind us. I assume it'll be you, M Dog Twenty Twenty. Um. So yeah, let's do some reader mail for a while. What do you say, Carl? Sure. Special thanks as always to Jericho for assembling these over on kindoffunny.com/psq, where you can go and get your question read. Let's start. With unknown source V1, Colin and Greg, thank you for your content. Kind of funny as a whole, really feels like it's hit its stride recently, and you have found a great balance of content and variety. The business is very inspirational. My question is this. Why do Japanese games seem to struggle with creating believable character dialogue? I'm playing through Final Fantasy 15, which I'm enjoying, but can't get over how many things characters say that constantly take me out of their immersive world because they are so cheesy. I want to love these characters, but they keep forcing me not to. The foundation is in place for me to care about them, but the dialogue is a deal breaker for me on really loving these characters. Do you feel this is a trend in non-Western games? And do you think the odd dialogue and awkward interactions are intentional? Is it the translation process? Is it that it's for children? I'd be fascinated to hear your opinions on this topic because it is very possible I am not seeing something something that is here. It's very possible I am seeing something that is not here. I've spent a great deal of time in Japan and the people are not this awkward. They're just normal people. He, he's right, right? I mean, I was going to say that. I mean, I, I, he, he's been to Japan like us. So, I mean... No, it's I don't I don't think that the way that I don't think its culture is reflected in its in its cartoons and its anime and its games, but the game's very Japanese. 
Like I like to me, like it's not a huge surprise. I don't mean that as a pejorative either. It's just the game is very Japanese. Mm. And along with that comes a level. And it's not that you can't find this, by the way, these these features in Western games or Eastern European games, wherever that is. But there's a level of corniness and cheesiness to that shit always. And um, even games I love have you know, like the Tales games, for instance, or uh, old Final Fantasy games or whatever, that, that there's a level of, of, you have to, you have to accept a level of cheesiness yeah. in, in the way um, a lot of these games, or, or from the place where a lot of these games come from, it's just the way it is. Um, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it, but I understand why it doesn't resonate with people. Um, I don't I've, know. If, I don't know if that's, that's a very reductive answer, but you know, having a lot of experience with Japanese games, you're going to be pretty hard pressed to find too many Japanese games that are quirky and silly, like Final Fantasy games are. I'm not talking about Resident Evil. I'm not talking about Castlevania, even though that's got a level of corn to it too. But with games like this, I mean, it's not a huge surprise. It's like an anime. Yeah. No, but it's. I mean, I I hear you, and I hear him, and I agree that like that is the thing. But I, I, for me, especially with Final Fantasy, I feel that it, it like you know a Nintendo game comes over right, and like we knew Drucker who was over there translating it right, and now uh, Audrey's doing that, and all these. There's a team over there that takes the Japanese version of the game and sits there and puts in the American references and references the memes and whatever the English speaking audience wants. And I feel like with Final Fantasy, they're trying to do the one for one thing where it's like, all right, cool. We're bringing it over. We're doing the dialogue and this is how it is. And it's the same way what you're talking about with an anime or any of these different things where we're trying to stay true to the source material and what the vision is. Cause Tabata son is on it and he has a vision and this is what it's going to be. And that does get to the point of when you have these voice actors step in to do the English dialogue and you're like, this doesn't sound right at all. This doesn't sound natural because it isn't naturally how a Western audience speaks or interacts or expresses themselves. And yeah, you see that time and time again with Japanese games. Well, there's out. a little, I mean, that's, that's what we always tell people. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, but some don't like there's a difference between translating and localizing. And, mm-hmm. and what happens, you were talking about our friend, Audrey Drake, who works at Nintendo. She gets, uh, and her team I'm sure get uh, a raw dump of, uh, all of the text in the game as translated literally from Japanese. She doesn't speak Japanese. So someone's doing that and they're giving it to them as it is. And then they localize and basically rewrite the game. And there might be something lost in translation quite literally there, uh, as, as you were referencing. But I also think that it's, it's, it's part of like, I, I have a deep heritage with Japanese games. Like that is a part of them. And, and it, and it has been for a very long time. And it reminds me of like, well, like you, there's a corniness and everything. There's a corniness. Like when you used to watch say by the bell or something like that, like a cringiness to it. And uh, what comes to mind for some reason is, is Power Rangers, which I was a little oh, too yeah. old for the the American like the, the, the fight scenes in the old Power Rangers are Japanese um, that are dubbed or whatever. And then the the like them in the, the school or whatever. Fucking, growth, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like that's all filmed here. And there's a fucking deep level of corn and cheesiness in the fight scenes and the like the moves they're doing. Right. Like, that's just Japanese entertainment, that segment of Japanese entertainment. And uh, so you kind of have to take it as it is. Um, that's not to say that the like, cheesiness and corniness are ubiquitous. Um, but no, around, you're right. There's a cultural thing to that. And that's I mean, how is. those episodes, that's how that is filmed. And that's how, how games are written for the most part. That's why I think it's quite astonishing when you, not astonishing, it's probably less so, but, but even think about Resident Evil. Like the way Resident Evil is a very Japanese game. It's based on Sweet Home, which is a, a cult Famicom game. And it was originally designed to be a remake of Sweet Home until it wasn't and even the american translation of resident evil and resident evil director's cut on ps1 fucking corny as all get out like jill sandwich and master of unlocking and all i mean it's just like because there was bad localizing there but that i think we lose cultural context when we just translate a game straight up which seems like it's that's what happened with a lot of ps1 games 
and certainly further back. I mean, there was games that didn't make any fucking sense at all uh, on the NES and SNES. Um, so I think that's just a given. It's not. It's not again pejorative, and it's not a, a, a commentary on uh, the way that some sectors of, of Japanese culture entertain people at all. It's just to say that um, that that comes with the territory more often than it comes yeah. with the territory here, um, because there's a different uh, a different threshold for that, and and different mores in terms of entertainment. Yeah. You know? um, so that's it. Colin, lean back. We're going to let three listeners take you away on a journey here and a problem they've noticed. Foggy underscore always says, hello, Greg and Colin. On this week's games cast, you mentioned Sony had dropped PSVR end of the year sales forecast by 2.5 million to 700,000. Do you think this is just a problem with demand or are there supply issues as well? I know the UK isn't the biggest market in the world, but over here it has been sold out for a month now and there are there won't be any more in stock until after Christmas, which seems like a missed opportunity. Nintendo has been rightly taking criticism for their supply of the mini NES, but would it also be fair to criticize Sony for not having enough Christmas stock? Thanks, Foggy. Sound the alarm wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Dearest Colin and Greg, I heard you both discussed on last I heard you both discuss on last week's show how there is now a lower expectation of PSVR units come the new year from just over two million to seven hundred and fifty thousand or so. I'm a college student that was planning on picking up my PlayStation VR after I finished my fall quarter here in Southern California. But guess what? No dice. They're sold out everywhere. Literally everywhere. Best Buy, Amazon, Target, GameStop, etc. Do you guys feel they are not hitting this goal because they're just there's do you feel they're not hitting this goal because there's been waning interest or do you feel they're not able to keep up and produce enough at the moment for the demand? Angel of the Past wrote in and said, "Dear Colin and Greg, Last week on your PSX reactions video Colin talked about how Sony cut the forecast of units sold of PSVR from the original. We already have these stats. Uh I'm here to tell you and let you know that VR is sold out everywhere, and I do mean everywhere. There is no warehouse in America where you can order a PSVR online. You can buy PSVR from a scalper, but I'd rather give my money to the PlayStation rather than some guy off the street who is just trying to get make money off of me. My question is this. How can Sony possibly not meet their goal if these things are constantly sold out everywhere? Wherever I, whenever I hear about new ones hitting stores, they're gone the next day. Who is responsible for Sony cutting their forecast? Is it their hardware developer? is it the retail stores there is obviously a great demand that has yet to be filled by this product so i cannot understand why they would not have cut their production sales by so much i'd love to hear your thoughts what the fuck's going on well i i so at least two of them if not all three of them mimic that sony cut their forecast so i I either misspoke or their misunderstanding sony never released a a concrete forecast for psvr marketing firms uh that make their money studying this stuff cut their cut their forecast and they're typically right um, and they were catastrophic, like two and a half times cuts. Now, I think it's a mixture of both. I don't know for sure. I haven't been in a store and looking for a PSVR unit. Um, I do remember that. I think Andrew House in particular, I think it was him said before the PSVR unit came out that they were trying to ramp up production um, and that these predictions from marketing firms might have been incomplete guesses based on data that wasn't there yet. In other words, um, there simply isn't enough stock to sell what they thought was going to sell. Um I don't necessarily think it's smart for Sony to saturate the market. I think you do have to create some sort of artificial demand with a new piece of hardware like that. Um, and I don't necessarily like them doing that. I, I, I We criticize Nintendo roundly for doing that. They did, they clearly did that with Wii. They clearly are doing that with the NES, um, the mini NES, which is fucking absurd. I don't even know why anyone really wants it that bad. Uh, so 
there's there's I think there's multiple aspects to it. Um, but if pe- what people are saying on the ground, and even though it's anecdotal, that they simply can't find them, then that's a huge problem as well. But I still think that the two and a half million units sold at the end of the year was very bullish yeah. anyway. Um, and I think that Sony would be very happy. And I think they said maybe with a million sold by the end of the year. And it looks like they're probably going to hit that. So, uh, but I, c- I could be wrong about that. Um, so I think it's a mixture of all those things. Uh, I think they might have been astonished by the demand, the pre-order demand for it. And I think that pre-orders might have gobbled up all of the stock. And I don't know that they necessarily anticipated that happening. And I think it's a good problem for them. 100%. The, the, the problem is, is that if this is a zeitgeist in the moment kind of thing, then they need to sell these things as soon as humanly possible. Um, and if people are willing to shell out four hundred dollars for you know a, a vr unit and moves and stuff like that you got to get them all the while the iron's fucking hot man because that's the thing these, if these if they're releasing robinson and all these games that are very triple a quality to a l- less than a million people man these these developers are going to eat shit and that's and that's one of the massive problems is that job simulator has been the best-selling game on psvr for two months in a row um and they're probably doing well but what does that mean is that a hundred thousand units sold like that's not a lot of games like it, it, for a twenty dollar game after sony takes their cut that's uh sony's taking six dollars plus you're paying um taxes on it so i just don't so you're left with thirteen dollars fourteen dollars before you pay taxes before you pay your 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 expenses over a million copies sold or over a hundred thousand copies sold rather it's not a lot of money and um it's a million and change so like i i feel like this is an issue for sony but not for reasons that are obvious that they should have anticipated demand better if that's the case. And the reason that they have to anticipate demand better is because this only will survive if the developers survive that are making games for it. Sure. And this can become a very desolate wasteland very quickly if uh, they don't figure that out soon. And I'm sure that the, that is a massive pro- like a, a concern for them. I'm sure it is too, but you have to, but you you know brought up an interesting point of like if this was uh, the plan all along in terms of like let's not saturate the market. We don't want these things sitting on shelves and doing it. And it is this weird balance of you know last night I showed my two friends from Missouri VR for the first time and they loved it, but then they're like cool and I I walk them through how much it would cost and they're they they just got rid of like their N64 or whatever they had in the house right like they weren't gonna run out and buy it and so it is that thing of. I think they, on some level, PlayStation doesn't want this to be the Wii, right? In terms of my mom buys the VR and then has it sit around and doesn't do anything with it and doesn't buy games and doesn't have that supportive audience. Because it's similar to, you know, what we talk about that core fan base. If you have the people who love their PlayStation Vita out there and will buy Vita games, it sucks that the hardware didn't sell more, but there's still an audience for it. Whereas if you move tons and tons and tons of hardware and it looks like a huge success and then shovelware starts coming or anything else or the the developers who are making the games are struggling and failing you can't have that because that's a bad look and i think this all goes back to you know shu mentioned it again on the psx panel we did live right of like this is launching the playstation one again and they're i don't think trying to put the cart in front of the horse on it they understand it's gonna be a long road to getting this to everyone puts this on and it's a no-brainer and it's awesome and there's no problems and calibration's great and there's no more wires and until it's this polished awesome fucking experience for everyone right now it's for the hardcore gamers so i don't know if they have to worry that much about a casual person picking up it sucks for the guy in school who wanted to pick it up it sucks for people who just needed money or wanted it for christmas and all these different things but they striking while the iron hot is one thing but inundating the market with these units that people are going to get a bad taste in their mouth about or not see the games or not see the returns they need is another problem as well yeah it's a delicate balance they have to this dance has to be executed just so because Unless they're willing to subsidize, and I don't know, there could be game subsidies going on, but if, unless they're willing to subsidize the development of games, and they're going to need a lot of games. Like, they're going to need, for PSVR to, to survive, they're going to need 50 games next year at least. And uh, 
Um, and we're talking about small bite size, Gary the Goal like experiences all the way to Resident Evil. And you can count Resident Evil as a game, even though it can be played without VR. It's a delicate balance because these guys need to make money. I mean, the story came out about Crytek, which is just, a company's just been eating shit for years now, and which is amazing considering where they used to be 10 years ago. Um, but they made Robinson the journey, and the stories are coming out that they're not even paying their fucking employees, and they haven't paid them for months. Mm-hmm. And whether or not and whether or not that that's true or not, I mean, uh, it's not surprising considering they fucking have done this before. They banked on a VR game. Now, if that's... The, it, they're not a financially responsible company, clearly. But if if a more financially responsible company is releasing a PSVR game of some repute and... Uh, is selling 50,000 units that they're going to eat shit. Like no matter if the game's $60 or $10, it doesn't matter. Uh, and so there has to be some sort of scale built into this. Remember that PS4, when it came out, sold in the United States alone, more units in one day than PSVR has sold worldwide in the time it's been out. And that's not necessarily a good thing considering there is latent demand for this game or for this unit for people that can't find one. It sounds like, and that's a problem. Like they, the, 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 whatever balance they thought they were going to execute is not is off. And they have to rectify it, and they have to rectify it soon. Yeah, PSVR is on like a, a razor's edge. It really is because there's there's VR competition elsewhere, and while not it might not be as cheap, it seems like it's steadying uh, quicker, um, and people are having good experiences there. And I'm not saying the experience on PSVR is bad because it's great. I love it. I'm a fucking true believer in PSVR. I just want them to to play the cards right to execute properly on this on the promise of this device, and it's going to require a little more know how than they've probably put forth so far. I have a follow up from this. This is from Jill Sandwich, but Sand. Oh, that's a little. But funny, Jill, ironic. Sand wedge, like oh. the wedge you use there. So they're being funny. Hi guys. Oh, he said pause for Colin. Colin waved. So I recently watched the PlayStation press conference at PSX over on your Twitch channel. Great job, by the way. And was slightly surprised by the lack of VR talk from Sony. As someone who very recently just bought a PlayStation VR for Christmas, I was expecting a bit more coverage of the unit. I know we had a quick sizzle reel, but like you, Greg, the lack of game titles at the bottom of the screen to indicate what we were looking at really frustrated me. I guess I just expected them to go into more detail about some upcoming titles and I just and just a general chat about the hardware. Anyway, I know it's still very early days and PSVR units are quite hard to come by, which may be a reason they're not really marketing that much, but I can't help feel slightly worried about the lack of content. Don't get me wrong, I went into this with both eyes open and know I was investing in new first-generation tech, but I can't deny that I was left a little disappointed. So basically, do you share my concerns? Are you concerned that there wasn't more VR talk at PSX? Yeah, uh, and I was concerned that they weren't smarter about the games they showed off. I know that Shuhei was a little surprised when we with our particular feedback that at home, we couldn't see the titles of the games for the VR they were showing, and and the audience because they had multiple screens, they were able to see that. But that doesn't matter because there was a thousand people there, and there are millions of people at home watching. Yeah, um, and so they're just dropping the ball in some very subtle ways that are going to dissuade people from investing if they can't even identify. Oh, that game looked cool. I have no idea what the fuck it is. Now I have to look at. Now I have to Google dinosaur VR game, and then you're gonna probably come up with all sorts of shit on Oculus and all sorts of experimental green light yeah. games and stuff. Like I, I they it's it's it seems a little messy and i think that they have to clean that up and the problem with the psx conference is because it was tight and i think it was a very good conference i think it was their best psx conference out of three by far they just have too much shit to talk about now like it the ps4 i was really glad they showed a lot of restraint with ps4 pro which i appreciate mostly because i don't think it's selling extraordinarily well i mean i I know some people are like it's it's charted here on amazon it's hard to find here and i'm like guys like you know they sold between ps4 pro's our release and now like two and a half million ps4s so they couldn't have sold more than half a million of these things maybe i mean so i'm glad that they probably 
let that go and then vr they clearly let vita go and then so it's <laughs> ps4 and, and psvr and i was a little shocked that they didn't talk more about it and it could be because as he said um what's there to talk about like you can't even find one so what like well, why would see, we, and what? that's the balance is i'm with you yeah that i they oh they could understand that all right it's not in store so let's not tantalize and torment people or something to that extent but I don't know. I feel like if you are at PSX, if you are watching PSX and that dialed into PlayStation, you have your mind made up. You bought one or you didn't buy one and you're fine with that choice for now. So I would have expected not the sizzle reel as much as like do a sizzle reel fine, but call out one or two games and ha- like because wh- what is the next Batman? You know what I mean? Like that was such a great move And Star Wars. Even then, that's the other thing. Star Wars came out last or this week, last week when you're listening to this, right? And it was one of those. Okay, like why didn't that even get more time at the show, right? That was something that had been teased to three and everyone bonkers for. Show a little bit more there, or explain tease that somebody's making a VR Star Wars full game, not just an experience, like something. A carrot at the end of the stick for the people who owned it, I thought would have been a nice gesture. Other than, hey, there's all, all these, there are a bunch of games coming. Cool, let's move on to something else. Like, what is the next VR game? What is the next one where we should all be stoked for? The analogy that I I, I use in my own mind is a, is a bit of a muddled one, but it's as if Sony um, is a super accomplished mountain climber and they and they're approaching Everest, right? And and. The analogy here is that they have this big lift to get to the top of Everest. Um, the big lift being like to convince people if they can get to the top that VSVR is worth it. And they're in as best equipped as a, a situation as possible. They're an experienced climber. They know what they're doing. They've done. They've climbed mountains all over the world and they've succeeded for many years. But even the most successful climbers can't climb Everest, uh, and people die on that mountain. You know, yeah. like even even people that know exactly what they're doing die on it. So there's no guarantees, but they're best equipped to do it. Um, And what I worry, so I guess what I'm saying in that analogy is they have the best likelihood of success, but there is no guarantee. Um, And that would be a real shame because virtual reality is really awesome and it really works. And it's just going to require time investment, monetary investment. You know, I was reading something about Amazon. Um, Amazon Go is that new store that they're investing in. and. They were they were pointing out that Amazon didn't even make a profit until recently. They just were shitting money left and right. They were bleeding. But they could have made a profit way earlier and still been the company that they are today, except for the fact that they insist on investing their money in new ideas that just don't go anywhere. They invested in their phone. They invested in their tablet. They invested in that thing you fucking talk to. They invest in all these things. Half the shit no one cares about. But they literally go into the wild and are like, we're going to spend money to see if you like this or not. And then we'll just eat the loss and fuck off and go away. We could have been much easier selling you things online, but we're going to create a store and see if you are interested in that. But we could have spent, we could have saved hundreds of millions of dollars on R and D and all this stuff and given it back to our stockholders, but we didn't. Um, and that's why they're Amazon. And yeah. that's why there's a ubiquity to them. And I think Sony to a lesser extent, because they don't make Amazon money. And they don't have Amazon's money war chest. It has to do the same thing where it's like, this is going to require you to eat some shit in order to, get this thing out there and that's going to require you to fund games and that's going to require you to spend a lot of money on advertising. That's going to require you to subsidize the cost of the unit. That's going to require you to do a lot of things. If you believe in it, you do. And if you don't, you don't look at Amazon's experience. They made a device, the Kindle that should have killed their business and instead it bolstered their business Mm -hmm. and diversified their business. And so I hope that Sony is smart enough. And I think that they are to realize that they have to play a little harder and leave it all on the field with VR. If, if, if they can, if they can, you know, take a breath and aren't dying on the side of the field after the game, then it wasn't good enough for this particular unit. And that's the way I feel. You know, 
Hmm. We'll see. I don't know. It's one of those. I'm sure they don't want it to be Vita again, but it's always it's the same concerns I've had since they announced it, right? Of like what happens. Yeah, when they step back from it and they are worried, they are responsible for Vita's death, and they will be responsible for PSVR's death too, if that happens. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just a clear cut cut and dry reality of the situation. Um, Vita would have succeeded had they wanted it to succeed. And I'm not saying it would have sold 50 or 60 million units. It could have sold 30. You know, they just mm-hmm. abandoned it. And they weren't willing to do what was necessary to make it succeed. Put in the work. And if they're not going to do that with PSVR, it's going to be way more catastrophic. You know, because I love Vita um, and I love PSP, but that's handheld gaming. That's something Nintendo has been doing since the 80s. This is really something new and something exciting and something very important for their business. And this could have ubiquitous sort of meaning for uh for sony's uh movie business it could it could it could mean something for companies that want to invest in sony for virtual tourism for concerts for there's just an incredible amount of money to be made the vita is what it is yeah you know and it starts and, and, it's, and it's a precious device but they know they understand they they wouldn't have made this bet if they didn't I know, understand i know and that's what i've talked about before where i you know i worried about it being playstation moved to when it got announced or whatever and it was that thing of talking to the people involved it seems like they understand what they're getting into and it, and and that's the whole thing we're talking about here is they have a plan you assume you know what i mean they understand why they aren't marketing it yet why they aren't talking to the core audience about it yet maybe they're again this is the same thing we talked about a few weeks ago and i still get uh, comments on the sh- show about it of like People are still happy with their VR unit. They're not having to do a public relations nightmare right now that I was worried about of like people buying it and be like, well, what the fuck do I have this for if I'm not going to get anything for it? There's somebody asking here like, I want to be more excited and PSX didn't do that for me. But if the experiences continue to come every so often, you you just got Star Wars. You know, we saw the sizzle reel. There are things happening. Maybe you don't need to beat the drum that loudly yet until you have a war to fight. I also will say to their credit, I'm not trying to make excuses for Sony because that's not something I often do. Uh, that they did release a lot of games at launch. Yeah. Um, and so we still now you got it. I mean, I, I have barely touched any of these games. Yeah. And uh, and there's still Farpoint. And all these other games look fucking awesome. Like there's so there's there's promise yet. Um, but I, I am concerned um, that they will be tempted to deviate from the course that will be hard. The course that's going to lose the money in order to net gains later and to solidify themselves in this space because i really do believe that if they can solidify themselves in this space playstation is not going playstation vr is just going to become sony vr and they'll attach it to bravia tvs and they'll attach it or whatever the fuck their tv line is now whatever like whatever they're just that's the goal it's, it has nothing to do with playstation and i think that playstation is just the obvious proving ground for something that's so much bigger and so much broader and so much more special and they're so far ahead of their competitors in a lot of ways um so just seize the day even if it means um, using a lot of Sony's or PlayStation's net financial gains and just dumping it back in like Amazon does. Mm-hmm. Let's stick with uh, PSX talk for a second. Nasty Nate 501 writes in and says, hey, Colin and Greg. All right. Let's talk about unruly fans. After watching PlayStation Experience 2016, I have to say I'm pretty disappointed in the crowd who attended the showcase event. Oftentimes, there was screaming and yelling of things at Sean Layden while he was presenting, which I found to be pretty disrespectful. I totally understand the excitement of being at the event, but I think there's a level of respect the hosts deserve while they're on stage. I didn't hear any reaction from you guys on the stream, so I just wanted your opinions on it. Were the fans out of line, or was it all in good fun? Thanks for all you do for the show. Your fan, Nasty Nate. Seems like it was all good fun. What happened that was so uh, nothing. Bad. He's no, no, no. He, it's not. I don't think he means they were yelling. 
get off the stage, you ignorant slut. Like, you know what I mean? They were like yelling out, woo, and I love you and stuff like that. I think that's what he's talking about. And yeah, for me, that's fine. all in good fun. That's yeah. what PSX is. PSX is the fan show. If you ask me, it's always weirder at E3 when you can hear people calling shit out from the crowd. And it's like, aren't, isn't this supposed to be like a press event? Like, I understand some fans lined up to get in, but like when people are going crazy, and it's like, okay, but like PSX is when it's supposed to be. And I mean, I think you see with Sean and Shu and every when they stop and acknowledge it, you're only going to encourage more of it. So that is the idea and the party atmosphere I think they want out of that convention and out of that specific keynote, right? Because the keynote is a showcase. It's not a press conference. I think uh, I've said before that I think the only shockingly uh, I don't want unprofessional I guess for back of a better term that moment that I ever saw at a press conference was at the Vita one or when Sony talked about AT&T being the 3G provider for Vita and people booed. Yeah, yeah. It's like boo. I'm like to your same point. I'm like, aren't we supposed to be like impartial at the at the E3 press conference? A little weird. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think general I've never seen anything like super untoward at uh at one of these things and I don't think I, I, I didn't ever thought about PSX as being nothing but I mean think about the first PSX with Untold Dawn people were literally yelling right left, yeah like I mean, that's, that seems to be the spirit of, yeah. of the uh, it's meant to energize the, the fan base and it's meant to be a fucking crazy I think it works I agree that's my favorite show gamer on the weekends wrote in the kind of funny.com slash PSQ just like you can it says hey guys am I the only one who thinks that the crash remastered looks like shit Tim and pretty much everyone says it looks fantastic, but I can't help being disappointed, especially after seeing what next, what a next, I think it means next gen, next gen fuzzy animal can look like with Ratchet and Clank. So did Insomniac leave the bar too high or is Activision simply not putting enough into the care of this remastered? If this wasn't Crash, would you even be remotely interested in trying this ugly game? Thanks for all the work. You guys are awesome. Pablo. I think you're insane. I, yeah. I, 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 I don't, I when they said, I mean, I was one of the fucking chorus of people that said when they said that they're building it from the ground up, I'm like, no, you're not. These games are going to look like trash like they did on PS1 and they're going to fucking suck and all that kind of stuff. And they might still suck. Yeah. When I saw uh, what they had done to these games, I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, I, I, I think they look great. And I, I totally disagree with you. Like, I, I don't give a flying fuck about Crash Bandicoot. And I highly doubt I'm going to play these games. But um, I was they had well exceeded many times over the any sort of care that they were going to give to these games. I thought they were going to shit these things out. And that's why I really do believe that this is the litmus test. This is the, the this is the test to see, like, do you want a Crash Bandicoot game? Like, yeah. we're going to actually give you, we're not just putting these out. Like, these are going to be well done and beautiful and capture the essence of Crash's gameplay while giving you a 21st century aesthetic. And then you'll tell us if you want it or not. Um, so I, I couldn't disagree more than, than yeah, I think they look great. And I, yeah, I, I mean, comparing to Ratchet and Clank. Okay. I get that, but it's they're different games. Exactly. Clank is a new games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, they're, they, they've clearly redid all the assets. Like it's a, actually a remarkable amount of work going into it. I, I, I yeah. thought way more than I would have imagined Activision would have been willing to do with Sony. Yeah. No, but, I think it's probably because Sony's paying for it. So. Sure. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good move. I think it's going to pay off. It's going to be interesting to see because this is like, you're talking about the test you know, that so many people don't get, right? It's like the Mirror's Edge 2. Of like, people were loud enough, long enough for Mirror's Edge 2 that he was like, all right, let's put out Mirror's Edge 2. And they put it out and like, oh man, nope, you, that, this did not. Nope. I no, can't no, imagine no, no. Mirror's Edge 2 sold more than a couple hundred thousand units, like seriously. Yeah. And so that's the thing here of like, yeah, let's go out and see how, people, how much people bad. really want Crash. Really want it. We'll see. I think you'll get it. Final question comes from DJ Estilo G, we'll say. There you go. Hey guys. Wanted to get your opinion about something. When I was growing up, I would always hear slash read things about getting paid to test video games. But now, 
I hear slash read less of this practice. Has this part of the industry been taken over by the actual people working on the games? If so, has this been the reason we've been seeing delayed and broken games? Final thought, much like your idea for a consulting firm for trophies, is there a need for such a company to QA games? As always, stay classy, Greg and Colin. People are still, they're still testers. There are companies that QA games. The, the, uh, yeah, no. So it depends. The, what, the answer to your question is it depends. There's internal QA dozens deep on big games that work on games by the time the games are in alpha, basically continuously until the game's out. Um, submitting bug reports um, in order of operations to see if they think it's going to be fixed. And, and the one of the, uh, I mean, I remember going to lots of games and playing with testers, but uh, the one that stuck out to me the most is Twisted Metal, um, the PS3 version, mm-hmm. uh, going to see Jaffe surrounded by a legion of QA people that play the game every day. So QA is still a part of the industry. What, what's basically, and, and on a AAA scale, internal, and that's basically the starting point for people to come in the studios. And depending on who you ask, it's an abusive uh, place to be. Uh, and I'm not saying a specific company, but being a QA tester is, is apparently like not a good position. Uh, yeah, and people do it basically to begin the production or design. And, and that works out. You meet a lot of people like that work their way up. But right. that's the point is you're not playing games to have fun. You're not playing them to review them. You're playing them to all right, run into this wall for fucking 30 minutes at a time and see what happens. Can yeah, you break break, the, try to yeah, break it. Yeah. Can you break this game? Um, and uh, people that and you hear stories about Rockstar QA people that just find all sorts of shit and they ascend. Um, and that, you know, you hear some stories anecdotal as they are about, uh, you know, and you can read them like Kotaku and other story. I, I think that's where, you know, you see them every once in a while where. QA people are so good that they don't want to be they don't want to lose them to production that they they want to hold on to them um, as far as I understand smaller companies farm that stuff out to the publishers that are publishing their games or to small firms that will QA games for you and you often see that um, in um, in uh, like credits and stuff like that but when a game passes uh, certification on Microsoft or PlayStation the assumption is that QA has already been passed and it's basically the last line of QA but this is more like did you use the trademark sign? Does the game save yeah. without crashing? Did, did you like all you know did, you know I remember in Tales of the Borderlands I couldn't fucking believe it when I was watching you play it I'm like that game on PS4 has Xbox button prompts how the fuck did that happen? Mm-hmm. That's a failure of certification, not Q&A. So, uh, yeah, it's an essential part uh, and it's still happening and uh, maybe not happening enough and certainly not happening on games on Steam and stuff like that. But you have to assume that most of what's coming out on PlayStation, um, if not almost all of it, if not all of it, is QA to some extent. Sure. And I mean, in terms of testers, why you're not hearing or seeing it, I think it's because there's more now focus groups rather than uh, testers, right? Your testers are internal. They're a team you have. You, When I remember going to Sucker Punch and seeing their team, I, you know, Dennis Miller working for PlayStation, there's all these people who have teams that are testing the games and doing these different things but then you bring in outsiders for focus tests but even that you're not advertising and shouting from the rooftops you know what i mean the amount of people who like that's th- those jobs are tough and you want people who are going to come in and play the game and keep their fucking mouth shut and not go to kotaku and not do all this different stuff you know and talking to neil about the you know the people who are playing left behind and like their reactions and what they were reading into that and going to like you're saying all these different development studios we go to that have the double-sided mirror that people sit on the other side of and watch other people play like it's there it's happening uh and far as terms of advertising it's things because it's taken more seriously you don't want just joe blow off the street somebody who doesn't care you want somebody who actually knows the industry and wants to get in there colin yes are you ready to meet your best friend sure p.s i love this best friend grabs one of you from the community Gives your PSN name out, and the rest of the community sends friend requests and messages of support. This one comes from Ben, a.k.a. Warden X. That's his PSN name, Warden X. Hey, kind of funny family. 
I'm stuck hunting for a platinum trophy, and it would mean so much to me if I could have some help getting it. Before the servers shut down on Disney Infinity 3, I need to complete 10 arcade matches. So if anyone would like to help me get this or still needs slash wants to get it, please send me a friend request at Warden X. It's such a long wait to get more than one person to join the arcade lobby. Thanks, Ben, a.k.a. Warden X. I like it when they have a reason they need the best friends. It's not just they want their name read. They're they want to use you. They don't want your friendship. Exactly. Uh, that word next piece. I love this best friends was brought to you by Jack threads. When's the last time you order clothes online and got to try them on before paying for them? Never. Right? Well, that's exactly what jackthreads.com does with Jack threads. You can try out any of their stylish tees, jeans, or more for free at home. And you only pay for what you keep. Tim Getty says it's an awesome idea. Whether it's a big name, clothing brand, or the Jack Threads in-house line, you can be sure you are 100% in love with the items you have before you spend a cent. Instead of playing internet roulette and gambling on a new size or style, just use jackthreads.com. You'll have seven days to decide if your new items are working for you. Try them on. Get a second opinion. Make sure you're thrilled. If it's not a fit, don't worry. Jack Threads gives you everything you need to ship them back. Packing tape and prepaid shipping label, all completely free. So go to jackthreads.com, enter the code I love you, all one word, when you submit your tryout for 20% off anything you keep. That's jackthreads.com, code I love you to save 20% on anything you keep. Never buy before you try. Again. You like that? No. You don't like the again? No. Didn't like it. It was a little disturbing, actually. Trying to be like Chris Jericho. Uh, this week's forgotten PlayStation game comes from Jelly Belly 100. Jelly Belly 100 writes in and says, Hi, guys. I wanted to submit a game for the forgotten PlayStation game of the week. My choice, while not being the oldest, I feel like many people have missed it. It's Metro Redux on PS4. I've just platinum both Metro 2033 and Last Light, platinum 89 and 90. Fuck, dude. Uh, the game is a first-person shooter set in the post-nuclear war Russia. The game has already... The game has some really great story beats and gameplay holds up really well, but it's the atmosphere and setting of the game that really make it stand out in my opinion. Thanks a lot. Jelly Belly 100. I'm a fan. Those yeah, are I was great say, games. You played a lot of that, right? Carl? Yep. Uh, 2033 was originally uh, locked away on Xbox, but with the PS4, um, when they released Last Light, they also released that. And I, re- I reviewed Last Light on PS3 back at IGN. I, uh, yeah, if you like single player shooters in the vein of machine games, Wolfenstein or uh, id games, Doom, um, just in the sense that it's all about the experience, the story, uh, then yeah, these th- those are very good games. And if you can get them for a good, I mean, even if you couldn't get them for a good price, if you got them for normal retail, they're kind of worth it. But um, if you can get it for a good price, I mean, totally worth it. Yeah, I, I like that pick because I remember those coming out, and yeah, totally getting overshadowed. Nobody, I don't think you would like them. But, oh but no, not for me. But I'm just saying the fact that it is a game I know you like that came out as a PS4 compilation disc, mm-hmm. and like no one really talked about it yeah it was it was during that very early ps4 days when there was just too many collections and yeah. re, 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 uh, reduxes and whatnot with uh sleeping dogs tomb raider all these kinds of things coming out so and the last of us so um i think it just got lost in the shuffle but they're there marinating on the waiting psn for waiting for your your play if you're into single player shooters like i am yeah those games are i don't want to say must plays but they're, they maybe they are okay uh, time for PSN's worst name of the week. Remember, you can't change your PSN name because Shuhei Yoshida hates you. So you write in, give us your name, and explain why it's bad, and then we read it for everybody. This one comes from a person. I don't want to ruin their PSN name, so I don't want to read it yet. All right. Well, actually, I guess again, it comes from Daniel Lee Wilson. 
Daniel Lee Wilson writes and it says, Hey, Greg and Colin, my PSN name isn't one that anyone would normally even take a second to glance at. But to this day, it haunts me back when I first got my PSP to get me through another wet British oi summer. My 16 year old self was too busy imagining all the fun I was going to have playing on my new machine to waste any thought space thinking of a name for my PSN account. So I did the obvious and literally used my own name. Quote, there's no way. Your name is embarrassing enough that you would need to change it on your PSN ID, I hear you cry. And normally, you would be right, Greg and Colin. Mm. Daniel Lee Wilson. You can't make anything crude or funny out of it until you put all the words together. Daniel Lee Wilson shoved together looks an awful like an awful lot like Danielle. Now I generally have very little interest in what gender people are on the other side of the what gender people on the other side of the world think I am, but there is a select group of thirsty teenage boys out there who strive to get their very own gamer girl. So as soon as they see the name Danielle, they jump into the messenger and I and try their luck. Here's a screenshot of one such conversation. Oh man! Hey, who is this? Lee, you okay? Not bad yourself. Do I know you? No, random ad. That okay? Where are you from? Just to clarify, you know I'm a guy, right? Why your name Danielle? Daniel Lee. I guess that's what you're after. I guess you don't want to be my friend anymore. <laughs> like there's like the timestamps of the conversation going from second to second to just dead silence. While all the attention does give me a warm, fuzzy feeling inside, I think it's about time I stopped catfishing the population of the PSN. So Shuhei, please let us change our names. Enough, Shuhei. Enough it's already. It's time, Shu. Let them go. We're getting tired of it now. Let Daniel Lee Wilson become... Fix the problem. Daniel Wilson. It is an embarrassing problem, and it needs to be fixed 10 years later. Fix the problem. I think next PSX is the one they're going to announce it. Yeah, right. We all said it'll be done. Be the people that kept saying it, it's going to happen. I'm like, yeah, right. What are you fucking crazy? Have you not been it? here before? <laughs> you know, they're not keep gonna... falling for the same trick every time. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I think it's going to happen soon, but I don't. I but I but it's going to be a blog post. Yeah, apparently. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO. Thank you for joining us. Remember, PSI Love You XOXO is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. So go to kindoffunny.com, support the other podcasts, subscribe to the YouTube channels, rate us all over the fucking internet. Just go to Yelp, your favorite restaurant, and just put up a review of us on that. They love it when you do that. Remember, PSI Love You XOXO is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet, all because of your amazing support. We thank you and love you for that. We hope you have a great holiday season. Uh, Remember that it posts every Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific time, rain or shine, holiday or no holiday. We love you very much. Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song and a segment we call singing a shoehead. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. You give me a song you made. I need the MP3 to put at the end of our MP3 and a YouTube video to annotate at the end of our YouTube video. This one comes from Tucker. Hey lads, my name is Tucker and I am the drummer of the Australian hard rock band Survive the Furnace. We just released a short album which is free to anyone who wants to download it called The Furnace EP. The songs are a mixture of hard rock and metal music styles under the melody of a clean vocalist. We are all gamers at heart and it would be great to hear our song on your podcast. Hopefully you both probably more Colin will like it. Much love Tucker Tucker. I did listen to it. I did like it. So ladies and gentlemen, here you go. Survive the furnace until next time. It's been our pleasure to serve. Merry Christmas. Oh, and happy Hanukkah. Don't give into the war on Christmas, Colin. (laughs) 